Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. Welcome to this edition of the Truth Hurts program. It's Friday evening, 6.18 p.m. Central Time. I'm your host, Steve Z, coming to you from the front seat of the old F-250. My apologies, we didn't get a program off today, earlier in the morning. And since we're not at Studio 63 right now, we don't get the Friday jingle. Some of you might be disappointed, <clears throat> Jason. Some of you might be relieved, <laughs> Jack. Because some of you really hate my Friday jingle. But nonetheless, the world keeps turning. And first world problems seem to feel to many people as if those problems are major events in the circle of life. I just recently got out of my rehab physical therapy for the shoulder surgery that I had after the crash at Michelin Road, Atlanta. And for those of you who have asked, I am doing much, much better. Thank you. I still have very limited use of my right arm. Although no nerve damage appears to have occurred, I've got full tactile function of my thumb, my four fingers, my grip is fine, forearm motion is fine. There's a little bit of tingling and tenderness, but as they say, that will work its way out. At present, I cannot lift the upper arm at the shoulder in any direction. It's still very, very weak from having had the bicep and the pectoral muscle both severed from the arm when it came completely out of socket, damaged the labrum very badly, and totally destroyed the rotator cuff. So it was major, major surgery as far as shoulders are concerned. Thank the good Lord above, uh, and Jonathan obviously watching over me. Nothing was broken, as was initially thought. So here I am now, pulling the 40-foot behemoth the toy hauler, the fifth wheel travel trailer behind me on a one and a half hour drive to the Buggin' the Big Easy classic Volkswagen air-cooled car show at the Esplanade Mall parking lot in Kenner, Louisiana. A one-day show that used to be called Wings and Wagons a few years ago where Volkswagens met at the lakefront New Orleans airport and then prior to COVID we shared the tarmac with helicopters classic biplanes, crop dusters jet aircraft and ultralights that was a great show we had a live band, we had food trucks we had a couple of hundred classic Volkswagens, Porsches other air-cooled vehicles vintage exotic cars and of course all of those aircraft I do miss those days taking the helicopter ride over the city of New Orleans or taking the biplane ride up over the city and over the lake uh, but this year probably about a hundred hundred fifteen cars expected food trucks of course live band and yours truly hosting the music otherwise DJ Steve Z for a little bit on Saturday it's going to be fun. I noticed old Shitstain himself, and that's my new name for your president, Gropey Joe Biden, and it's an appropriate name since he lost control of his 
bowels and crapped his pants and then fell asleep at the climate summit in Scotland. I noticed old Shitstain tried to act like he was actually the president and kind of slammed his feeble fist on the table and told the Democrats, y'all need to get your shit together. And they still haven't. He was demanding action on his massive multi-trillion dollar tax and spend and tax again proposals. And Friday came and Friday went and still no action. Democrats equal corruption. Corruptions equal Democrats. My apologies, folks. When you do the Truth Hurts program, or any podcast for that matter, from your cell phone while driving, you do run the risk of having the phone ring. And that's my apologies for the loud ringing noise. That was not the bells going off in your head realizing that I am correct. That gropey Joe Biden, Mr. Shitstain himself, sleepy, creepy, touchy-feely, mumbling, fumbling, crumbling, stumbling, tumbling, bumbling, muttering, puttering, fluttering, shuddering, stuttering, stammering, can't get a grip, always looking to trip. Little girl, gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden, your president, the man that you, the United States of America, supposedly elected to the highest office in the land. Yes, he shook his feeble fingers at the Democrats and said, you better get your shit together. And they did not. Those losses that the Democrats have suffered in Virginia, the governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, multiple down-ballot races in their state house, mayoral races, city council races, dog catchers, That is a telling sign of an upcoming, impending, massive departure from Democrat winnings in the upcoming elections one year from today. One year. One year, my friends. A bigger question of life in America than what the hell are we going to do about gropey Joe Biden right now should be Where the hell is Kamala Toe Harris? Kamala Harris, the vice president, the woman who slept her way to the top, quite literally, I might add, is nowhere to be found. Even after hiring consulting firms to help her with her image because she has such a crappy outlook on life and hates everyone except herself, she cannot speak without belittling some group, some person, some idea or idealism. She is a horrible little human being. She's not that intelligent, but she slept her way to the top. And now she is hidden away just like Gropy Joe was in the beginning. She's not in Gropy Joe's basement. I don't think Dr. Jill Biden would allow that, but they sure are keeping her the hell away from cameras, interviews, television appearances, radio appearances. You see her nowhere doing absolutely nothing while earning that massive salary as the vice resident of the United States. That's right, I said vice resident because she is as much the vice president as Gropey Joe is the president. And that's not too impressive. Many people in the United States are now coming to the realization of buyer's remorse when it comes to Gropey Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris. 
They are now seeing, holy crap, did we screw up? We should have let the Donald go back to governing the United States of America in the positive fashion that it was being governed in. We shouldn't have been so stupid as to listen to the mainstream leftist media who spent the entire four years of the Trump presidency bashing him, trashing him, slashing him, trying to make him out to be some kind of horrible individual. Two impeachments, two fake, phony, false impeachments against Donald Trump resulted in his acquittal on both trumped up charges, pun intended. Donald Trump has now gotten proof that he was not guilty, not once, but twice by the highest offices in the land. The Congress of the United States of America proved that Donald Trump was not guilty of either one of the things they accused him of when he was falsely impeached two times. I've often told you here on the Truth Hurts program, please, please be careful when you listen to what the media tells you. The media will sit there and use code words and dog whistle words. They accuse the Republicans of doing that, but it is they themselves who are the masters of that. Think about it. Whenever they speak of Donald Trump, they now say the only president to ever have been impeached twice, Donald Trump. Well, impeached just means accused. That's all it is. Impeached means accused in the highest court in the land other than the Supreme Court, the court of Congress. That is where impeachments occur. An impeachment is just basically an accusation. They accused Donald Trump of wrongdoing. Donald Trump did no wrong. Donald Trump was acquitted, not once, but twice, proving his innocence, proving he was not guilty, proving that the Democrat dumbasses were wrong and that they were just indeed on what Donald Trump accurately called witch hunts against him. Why? Because he was an outsider. Because he didn't play well with others. Because he was cocky. Because he was arrogant and brash and self-assured and self-confident. Because he was a self-made man. He didn't earn his millions by getting kickbacks and payoffs while he served in Congress. He was a businessman, a very successful real estate developer. He earned his money the old-fashioned way by working for it and, yes, paying taxes on it. And like any good businessman, he found tax loopholes and shelters in the law, nothing illegal. Not a single illegal thing has been found out against him, even though they tried desperately for four years while he was in office, and they're still trying now. In fact, New York State Attorney General's office announced this week that they are going to open another investigation into Donald Trump. And do you know why they want to do that, folks? Because they have been bruised and gone home with skinned knees and bloody lips and busted noses and basically dog crap smeared on their faces because they were unsuccessful after four years 
of phony witch hunts. And now they're pretty sure with the Republican red wave that is currently starting up as a small ripple in Virginia, it is going to become a tsunami red wave. Experts on the Democrat side estimating that the House of Representatives could lose as many as 61 seats to the Republicans in the midterms. If things keep going downhill as they are under whose watch? Not Donald Trump's watch, boys and girls. Gropey Joe Biden's watch, now 11 months deep. Less than a year in office, Joe Biden has done more to damage the United States than you could possibly imagine. The economy is in the toilet and it's clogged with you know what, Democrat crap and lots and lots of toilet paper trying to cover up the crap. And so to make headlines, to make you stop realizing how horrible a job Joe Biden is doing running the country, they're making these announcements about an investigation by the New York Attorney General into the business dealings of Donald Trump in an attempt to further sully and soil and tarnish his name so that people will go, well, Joe Biden sucks, but we don't want Trump again. My God, he's under investigation again. But listen, all of you know Karen, right? Everybody knows a Karen. One of those nosy ass neighbors who sticks their nose in other people's businesses and always tries to get their neighbor in trouble, always tries to do bad things and get someone in trouble for not cutting their grass or for parking in the sidewalk or for having, heaven forbid, a Donald Trump sticker on their car or waving a rebel flag. Those Karens with nothing better to do with their lives spend their entire existence on their front porch with cameras and binoculars, trying, hoping desperately to find something, anything to make a neighbor look bad in the hopes that by making the neighbor look bad, they will somehow look good. They always look petty. They always look small. Everyone laughs at them behind their back. Never to their face because they don't want to be Karen's next victim. We had a Karen once. It was a Linda. But it's still a Karen. That name will not cease to exist. Joe Biden and the Democrats and the mainstream Democrat-supported media are the ultimate Karens. And since they can't find anything actual, factual, or real to say negative about one Donald John Trump. They just keep making crap up, hoping by throwing all these accusations against the wall, eventually something might stick. Or at least by continuing to make everybody think, gee, there's Donald Trump under investigation again, under investigation again, 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 that he must be doing something wrong. But in fact, it's just a bunch of Karens out there hoping, making up crap, making up stories about their neighbor, Donald, when those stories aren't true. I want you to understand that when Donald was the head of the Neighborhood Association, the grass was cut at everyone's home. Everyone had a job. Everyone kept their noses clean. And they had to because there were reporters constantly running around Donald 
and all of his associates in the neighborhood. So no one would dare do anything wrong. Hell, the country was running at an extremely low level of corruption under Donald Trump. Now Joe Biden has put all of his buddies, his pals, in different positions like ambassadorships and other things. And the corruption trickles down like a turd in a toilet. One example of that is in New Orleans, Louisiana, where the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, raided the offices of the New Orleans Sewage and Water Board. You know, the people that take care of the crap pipes in the water. Crap, not crack. But there was some crack there as well. Mayor LaToilette Cantrell, the illustrious Blafrican-American light-skinned transplant mayor of New Orleans, 13% AA-hyphenated American minority, she hired a guy from India or Pakistan or one of those places, paying him a salary of just under what the President of the United States makes to run the city's sewage and water board. That means that cat has the responsibility to make sure that all the departments within that sewage and water board run efficiently without corruption. The FBI raided the offices of the sewage and water board because David Hammer, a local television reporter, came out with an investigation showing that there were employees of the New Orleans sewage and water board who were on city time working for the city collecting a paycheck from the city and doing plumbing work on the side using city vehicles and sometimes city materials and certainly city labor their own employee labor that of course all happening on the watch under the watchful eye of the man who's running the city sewage and water board who has quote the utmost confidence of her lordship Mayor LaToilette Cantrell. She is, of course, ultimately responsible for what goes on. And she says, we're going to look into the matter and we're going to see what's happening. And that's the end of that. And when it all comes down, we're going to find that this investigation is probably just a witch hunt. And it's okay for her to say that because after all, we're talking about Democrats. When Democrats are involved, well, you know, it's okay to be corrupt. It's okay because they are entitled. After all, it is a minority-run city filled with minorities. And when the minorities are the majority, do they still really get minority status? Well, in a Democrat-run city, you know they do. You betcha, my friends. That investigation is also part of a long ongoing investigation by a local news affiliate in New Orleans who also is looking into building inspectors, plumbing inspectors, electrical inspectors who were just giving the green light to construction projects like the Hard Rock Hotel, which collapsed and killed three workers. Those employees on the city payroll and the Department of Inspections, Codes Enforcement, whatever you want to call them, they were signing off that they inspected the safety of this building, amongst many, many others in the city. But the television news reporter used the Freedom of Information Act 
to gather the GPS location data of the city-owned vehicles in which those inspectors claimed they were on site at places like the Hard Rock Hotel construction site. But those city-owned vehicles were at home in those inspectors' driveways, or they were at an off-track betting facility, or a casino, or a bar. That's the type of construction, excuse me, corruption we have in the construction inspection divisions in the city of New Orleans. And then, to add insult to injury, Mayor LaToilette Cantrell had the audacity, the unmitigated gall, to call a Mr. Irwin Mayfield, a local Blafrican-American 13% hyphenated minority musician, Mr. Mayfield, she called him the son of the city of New Orleans. He is the native son of the city of New Orleans. He is a bright, shining example of what our city can do when we all get together and pull together. Mr. Mayfield has been arrested and is now sentenced to do prison time because a charity in which he organized or at least was a part of a spokesman for was supposed to be giving musicians equipment talking about school children junior high high school children in music and arts programs the city allowed him to do this charity fundraising thing and he stole 1.8 million dollars I believe it is is that right is that right yep 1.8 million dollars stolen for his own personal use. I guess he feels like he was entitled because I was helping out the churn. I was helping them little churn. So I just took a little bit for myself. He thought it would be okay. New Orleans used to be a city with several Fortune 500 companies in it. Now I think there's one and it's on its way out and it's the public utility, Intergy Corporation. They have their corporate headquarters building in the city of New Orleans. But no more oil field companies, no more support group companies, just just the utility. New Orleans now has its claim to fame as being a tourism town. T-shirt shops and bar rooms and little kids playing on little used trumpets and trombones and horns and tubas and saxophones blowing their horns on the street corners blowing their horns on the street corners y'all and beating on five gallon buckets turned upside down with drumsticks beating on them like it's a real drum and begging for your money and god help you if you don't give them five bucks ten bucks you didn't ask them to entertain you. They just happened to be on a corner. You just happened to be walking by. Oh, heaven forbid, my friends. Heaven forbid you don't give them that tip. They got a partner around the corner that will rob you. And I promise you it'll be much more than 10 bucks. But the corruption in New Orleans is real. And unfortunately, there ain't a whole hell of a lot anyone can do about it. At all. Because it's generational. It is multi-generational. These things have been going on for as long as I can remember. Corruption. Hell, we've got one mayor, Sugar Ray Nagin, 
who did or might still be doing prison time for his corruption and stealing and misdirection of government funds after Hurricane Katrina ravaged the city of New Orleans. And why did Katrina ravage the city of New Orleans? Not because she was a major hurricane. No, sir. The damage from Katrina came, and I've said this on the program before, the damage from Hurricane Katrina came directly as the result of mismanagement by the levy boards in the city of New Orleans. I'll repeat that. If you don't know what a levy board is, think of a board of commissioners, a school board, uh, a utility board, a, you know, something of that, that effect. When the Army Corps of Engineers designed the levees to protect the city of New Orleans from flooding, the state established several boards, commissions of sorts, where they put a bunch of, well, let's just say it, well-paid cronies of whoever the politicians were in charge at the time. And they put those people on these commissions, these committees, these boards, and doing so they opened the floodgates for corruption opened the floodgates for corruption I'll say it again those boards were tasked with maintaining the levy and a levy is nothing more than a big mud puddle a mud pile rather that goes around a lake or lines the river or a creek bed keeps the water where it's supposed to be in the river, in the creek bed, in the lake, in the bayou, in the pond. But instead of maintaining the levees, which is pretty simple, you add a load of dirt to the top of it every few years because the whole state is sinking into Mother Earth. Instead of doing that, these wonderful individuals line their own pockets. What do you expect? It's Louisiana. It's expected. It's the way things happen in Louisiana. Not only did they line their pockets, not only did they keep cash that they stole, these morons put their brother-in-law as the construction manager of the levy board. These morons established the need for levy police forces. You heard me correctly. A police force to protect the levy. From what? Is someone going to rob the levy? Of course not. They needed to give their brother-in-law or their political donors some type of payback, some quid pro quo. They needed to make damn sure that they remained in their elected positions. So they established these police forces. They established these phony contracting schemes for the sole express purpose of giving that brother-in-law or that political contributor a job for life. Those levy board police chiefs, they're not elected positions. They're appointed positions. Those levy board police forces, well, unless you get caught raping a young boy on the back of a goat in front of the Pope, pretty good chance you're going to be in that position for life, if not longer. That's the kind of corruption that goes on in Louisiana and in New Orleans. 
you've got these levy boards who then said, wait a minute, we don't need to build the levy any higher. It only sank about a half a foot last year. Got an idea. Got a buddy of mine wants to put a riverboat casino out here on Lake Pontchartrain. But he needs the levy board to okay that and to steer a couple of million dollars away from the levy board's funding for maintaining the levees to build a beautiful dock, a beautiful wharf, a beautiful place for the casino boat to dock and walkways and parking lots and lighting and every other thing imaginable to benefit the casino owner. And you know there were kickbacks. And then when the levees didn't get maintained year after year after year, guess what happened? Oh, you'll know, you know what happened. The levees continued to sink and crumble. And Katrina came along and the levees failed. And like the old Led Zeppelin song says, when the levee breaks, I'll have no place to stay. Oh well, oh well, oh well. This is the Truth Hurts program. That's about all the time we have for this edition, coming to you from the front seat of the old F-250. Hope you guys go out and make it a great day, and we will see you on the next program. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.